This is your morning buzzcast for Wednesday, September 13th. Good morning. I'm Abe Madcore. Thanks for joining the buzzcast. Some very significant news in the college sports space as a company many considered to be on the brink of future peril has overseen a massive turnaround. Learfield has completed a $1.1 billion recapitalization that will greatly reduce the company's debt while also infusing $150 million in new equity investment into the company. Now, this is a massive restructuring. It will reduce Learfield's debt significantly. This was all part of nearly a year-long process that President and CEO Cole Gahagan described as a seminal moment for Learfield, whose future was clearly in doubt. The bottom line is this is a major, major turnaround and financial reboot for this 51-year-old company. And this new arrangement should firmly stabilize Learfield, which of course is the leading rights holder in college athletics. It will also provide the company with equity investment and a new set of majority owners, Clear Lake Capital, Charles Bank Capital Partners, and funds managed by Fortress Investment Group. You will see Learfield use that $150 million in new investment to fund growth through mergers and acquisitions, but also by employing new technology and innovating around new products. While many thought Learfield's best days were behind it and the company had no clear future path, this marks a major, major victory for Colga Hagen who led this restructuring effort and who many believed wouldn't be able to really save this company. But Gehagen is calling this a seminal moment for Learfield, which positions the company for future growth. And yes, surely a massive eye-opener today in college sports and proof that Learfield will continue to be a major player for years to come. This is a big, continually developing story. Very big news in the NBA, as on Tuesday night, the long-term future of the Oklahoma City Thunder seemed to be solidified, as city officials said they have finalized plans for a new arena for the Thunder expected to cost at least $900 million. That's on the affordable end on NBA arenas recently. City leaders will present a plan to the city council later this month, who, if they approve that, would send a referendum to voters for a vote on December 12th. As part of this proposal, the Thunder would commit to playing in the city for the next 25 years in the new arena if the vote passes. Now, the new arena would be primarily funded by a six-year extension of the city's one-cent sales tax. So that is an existing tax, no new taxes on local residents. Again, this is an extension of an existing tax. The Thunder will contribute $50 million toward the new arena. They'll continue playing at Paycom Center while the new arena is designed and built. The idea is to open the new venue by the 29-30 season, if not sooner. So overall, this is a very positive step forward. We know how much the Thunder mean in that Oklahoma City community. There are no new taxes on this proposal. The team has committed to a long-term lease and will also contribute 
$50 million. I think this looks good for the long-term future because remember, there are markets that would love an NBA team right now. Vegas and Seattle, among others, stand out. So keeping the Thunder in Oklahoma City critical to that market and the NBA. Let's move on. We said earlier this week, it seems that we're all ready for the return of football. We've seen very strong ratings for college football, and now we are seeing some massive early numbers for the NFL. Take Monday night. Despite Aaron Rodgers' awful injury, viewers stayed with that game, and it ended up being the most viewed Monday night football game yet for ESPN, and that network first acquired the package in 2006, and this is the most watched Monday night football game on ESPN. Just amazing. The game drew more than 22 million viewers. That is a very strong number. Now, of course, yes, it was on ESPN, ABC, and ESPN2 with the Manning cast, but this topped the previous high, which was in 2009. That's when Brett Favre faced the Packers when he was playing the Vikings for the first time. So yes, a very strong number marks a great start for Monday Night Football. It was up 14% from the opening week broadcast last year. That was Broncos Seahawks in week one. But it's not just Monday Night Football. CBS and NBC both had their best starts to the NFL season since 2015. We talked about the Lions-Chiefs on Thursday night. That led all games over the weekend. Even the 40 to nothing shellacking by the Cowboys over the Giants, that drew almost 22 million viewers on Sunday night. CBS had a very strong window in the 4 o'clock window. They had the second highest rated game of the weekend. Eagles Patriots was the most widely distributed on that network. So again, big numbers, some of them all-time highs, some of them the best numbers since 2015, but overall a very bullish start for the NFL. But it's not just the NFL. Let's talk about college. Texas, Alabama led all college football games in week two, but it was still an impressively strong showing by Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, and Colorado. First, the game between the future SEC rivals, Texas-Alabama, delivered almost 9 million viewers in primetime. That was on ESPN, ESPN2. That marked ESPN's best regular season college football game since, yes, 2015. Fox had the number two game of the week, Sanders' home debut. With Colorado against Nebraska, also drew strong ratings, 8.7 million viewers. That's for the big noon Saturday window. That's an amazing number for so early in the day, and it built upon the number in week one. Remember, in week one, that big noon Colorado TCU game drew 7 million viewers on Fox. And so one week later, they had almost 2 million more viewers for that big noon Saturday window, both driven by Deion Sanders and Colorado. Bottom line, very, very healthy college viewership. It's driven by big brands, yes, Texas and Alabama, and driven by big names like Deion Sanders. I have to say, I haven't seen a start like this around college football for as long as I can remember. 
Let's move away from viewership and around big stories of the day. Some challenging times for Buffalo Bills owner Terry Pagula. We documented many of the management changes at the Bills and the Sabres. And on Tuesday, most damning is that Terry Pagula was charged with allegedly, allegedly making a racist comment about black players in the NFL. This was part of a racial discrimination lawsuit against the NFL filed by reporter Jim Trotter. Pagula has denied making the comment, and it's clearly right now a he said, he said situation, but obviously not the type of headlines Pagula or the NFL want. And this is a lawsuit that could linger and only gain more exposure. The lawsuit also cites comments made by Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, which Jones called not accurate. Now, Trotter's employment at NFL Media, which oversees the NFL Network, ended earlier this year. His lawsuit names the NFL and NFL Network as defendants and alleges that Trotter was terminated because he challenged Roger Goodell and others regarding the NFL's record of race discrimination and for the lack of diversity. Trotter is seeking unspecified damages, and the league and owners surely won't want this lawsuit lingering and in public discovery and in the headlines, so we'll be keeping our eye on how this lawsuit proceeds. So do you want more proof on the global appeal and the brand strength of Manchester United? Well, how about this? Man U has signed the biggest shirt sponsorship in global soccer with nearly a $65 million per year agreement with Qualcomm Snapdragon. Now that's per year, $65 million per year. The length of the deal has not been revealed. Snapdragon is part of Qualcomm, of course. Qualcomm is already a global partner of the United. This is a key business-to-business deal. This is all B2B. Snapdragon processors are used in products such as smartphones and gaming devices. Snapdragon replaces Team Viewer, which was Manchester United's previous shirt sponsor. Team Viewer was paying an estimated $50 million a year. This is at $65 million a year. So a pretty nice increase. The sponsorship deal will start with the 24-25 season. It will cover Manchester United's men's and women's teams. And remember, this comes after Manchester United announced a record-breaking 10-year kit deal with Adidas that was worth around a billion dollars. So you add this up, you see the financial windfall Manchester United's reaping right now, and it shows the global strength of that brand. You know, a few final thoughts on the Disney charter resolution. First, ESPN's Jimmy Pitaro was pleased with the deal. He believes Disney was able to secure long-term protection for its primary entertainment channels, namely sports, ESPN, and FX. Pataro was also pleased that the deal protects the traditional business model of carriage and distribution, one that's been very good to ESPN, i.e. keeping ESPN in the bundle. And Disney was also able to secure pretty healthy carriage rates and minimum penetration, meaning that at least 85% of Charter Spectrum subscribers would be receiving ESPN in the bundle. That could change as the future progresses. 
but Pataro also believes it will eventually enhance and increase the distribution of ESPN Plus and help viewers get comfortable with a direct-to-consumer application and environment. Pataro added that giving ESPN Plus greater reach could help the company as it looks to acquire new sports rights. So, i.e., more reach equals more money, allowing ESPN to pay more for sports rights. While Charter had talked about getting out of the video and cable business during these negotiations and during this dispute, the bottom line is this deal offers Charter and Disney a partnership in both cable and direct-to-consumer streaming. There's more on this deal, but those are some early final takeaways. Well, I'm heading to Vermont for a family funeral for the rest of this week. I appreciate all the notes and thoughts on the passing of my mother at the age of 89. She lived a rich, happy life, and now she is with my dad. But yes, a gut punch when it happens. Thanks for all your support. My great colleague, Joe Lemire, will bring you the buzzcast the rest of this week. I'll see many of you in St. Louis, where we'll be bringing you the buzzcast from our drive conference all next week. And so that is your Morning Buzzcast for Wednesday, September 13th. I'm Abe Madcore. Stay healthy. Be good to each other. I'll speak to you next week.